welcome to the Bippity Boppity Basics Podcast, a lifestyle podcast with a magical twist. I'm your host, Caitlin May, and I'm a self-proclaimed Disney adult and childless millennial who is obsessed with Harry Potter, Florida sunshine, and all things basic. Here on the podcast, I chat weekly about everything Disney, Harry Potter, theme park news, and navigating my basic late 20s life. Hello, Magical Basics. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I just wanted to kind of come on here um, before our show and just chit chat with you for a little bit. It's been two weeks since we uploaded an episode. And for that, I want to say I am so sorry. Um, Life gets in the way a lot of times and you can't always prepare for what it's going to throw at you. And this is also the first time in the life of the podcast that I am navigating putting out content for it by myself as my work season progresses. So if you are new here, a new listener, I am a freelance tour guide and that is very seasonal heavy. And so from basically mid-February through the whole summer, August. That's my busiest section of the year. And so in previous years, I have kind of just relied on other people who are a part of the team to take up a little bit more of the slack. And we've done like in between season breaks and kind of timed them for my busiest points of the year. So just navigating through that by myself has been a little bit of a learning curve. So please bear with me. Thank you so much for being so gracious and understanding the last two weeks that we haven't had an episode. Um, I'm really just trying to prioritize giving good quality content for y'all for the podcast and the community that comes with it. And so you guys have been lovely and amazing and super supportive. So thank you for allowing Grace while I navigate being a one-woman team now for this season. So um, that being said, we're going to forego. Is it forgo or for low? <laughs> forgo. <laughs> So that being said, we're going to forgo the typical broadcast that we have in our episodes. Um, The last several episodes, I've been trying to be mindful about putting the broadcast in written form on our website as well in kind of the form of a blog post. And so this this broadcast, since it's going to kind of triple up from this week's news last week and the week before, that was just going to be so long. And I really love the episode that you're about to listen to. So I want to get to it as quickly as possible. So the whole broadcast will be in blog form. Lots of big highlights have happened recently as far as Galactic Star Cruiser, mask mandates. So pretty big Disney news if you are heading to any of the parks anytime soon. Definitely check out the link down below to read the broadcast um, just to kind of get up to date on the Disney news. But 
I want to just dive straight on in to this week's episode. This week's episode is super fun. I'm interviewing one of my friends named Shirley. She was uh, a part of the the Disney College program. She was a character performer. So her perspective of the Disney parks and working there is so magical. And kind of how it paved the way for her now career path is really such a cool and fun story. And so I'm really excited for you to get to know her and hear a little bit about what Disney means to her. So after a word from our sponsor, you're going to hear from Shirley. I just want to say thank you so much for being here for your support. Um, You guys have no idea how much I love and appreciate you all so much and just the support and positive positive messages that you have given me about the podcast and what it means to you is just I I can't even explain to you how grateful I am that you guys listen and support me and love the podcast as much as I do. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will see you in the next one. So until then, basics stay magical. So today's episode I am very excited about. I know I say that every episode and I probably sound like a broken record, but truly these guests that we've had on here have been so fun and this one is no exception to that rule. Today I am hanging out with Shirley. Shirley, I'm so excited for you to be on the show today. I am so, so grateful to be on it. Honestly, I absolutely love meeting Disney friends. So this is going to be so fun. Oh, I know, right? I feel like they're like some of the truest like forms of friendship are forged through the Disney community. Absolutely. I still chat with my Disney college program roommates every single day. That I think is so special. Like everyone that I know who has done the program literally has said the same exact thing. Like I found some of my best friends from that and that just warms my heart that like those relationships have lasted through the years, even out of y'all's programs. I think that's so sweet. Absolutely. I totally agree. So I'm excited for everyone to get to know you today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of where you are now since doing the program. Absolutely. So my name is Shirley Gonzalez, but I'm better known as Happy Blonde on social media. I have been a Disney freak basically for as long as I can remember, but I am very, very specific to the Disney princesses. So I've always been obsessed with them. After doing my Disney College program, I decided to start my very own party princess character entertainment company, which is called Pixie Dusted, still running to this day, started that in 2018. And that has sparked a whole different level of appreciation for these characters And last year, I actually opened up a character training academy in terms of performance. I've been a performer for basically almost 21 years. So performance has really been an important part of who I am. And combining that with the princess community has been so, so incredible because I get to help all these other performers and all these other company owners to perfect their performance skills after learning so much while working at the parks. I used to be a character performer over at my Disney college program. So I learned a lot over there and that really helped me with my job. And I am also a freelance content creator specializing again in the princess community and lifestyle. 
that I feel like sounds like such a dream job to so many people, <laughs> especially little girls. Like, what do you do for a living? Like, oh, well, you know, I specialize in Disney princesses. Basically. But like, that, I think, is my dream job <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> so definitely Disney is obviously very important to you, a very large portion of your life, not only in your interests now, but also in your career. Um, what was the first Disney film that, uh, what is your favorite Disney film? Excuse me. Your favorite Disney film. My favorite, favorite Disney film is, is really surprising to a lot of people because you'd think I'd be inclined to a princess film. It's actually The Hunchback of Notre Dame. That is actually my favorite film. I love that film so much. I feel like I, it needs appreciation at the parks and Disney Plus and, we need to see more of it. Um, I absolutely love, love that film, especially the music and mm-hmm. how complex the characters are. And I'd say that a very close second is actually Tangled. Such a good one. Oh, my goodness. Tangled is Jonathan's favorite. So you've already scored <laughs> very high with him. He he loves Punzi. Um, no, that is actually super fascinating that your favorite film isn't a princess film. So I don't know. What do you think it is about the hunchback of Notre Dame that like draws you to it? I feel like it's such a real movie. It really comes away from the whole damsel in distress situation and you know, uh, I absolutely love, for example, 101 Dalmatians because mm-hmm. of the animation style. But it's, it's such a complex film in that sense. You know, we have we have real struggles and we see real characters with real issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as, I admire Esmeralda a lot. Her drive for justice is simply admirable. Mm-hmm. And the score of that movie, I have a huge oh. thing for movie scores. I'm a film major. So music is extremely important to me and it's just such a crude but enticing film. If yeah. If that makes any sense. <laughs> no, I completely agree. We watched it the other night because the new Epcot show has a portion of the Hunchback of Notre Dame in it and I was like crying because like you, I agree. Like I feel like there should be more of it in the parks and so it even just have like that one little part of the music from out there i was like like losing out it out there is such a dual <laughs> masterpiece really oh my gosh it's so good and so we came home and i was like let's just watch the hunchback of notre dame like i haven't seen that in so long and i looked at my husband and i was like i feel like this movie was the reason why i grew up being so like empathic to people like, I think just, like, having exposure to this movie at such a young age, like, I was like, I never caught on to it now until now that I'm watching it in, like, my late 20s and I've gone through life and I've, you know, kind of finalized the way that I think about things. And I'm like, I think it was this movie. <laughs> it's definitely that <laughs> film. And it has such powerful pieces. Like, Out There is such a beautiful song. Uh, my favorite song ever is God Help the Outcasts. Ugh. I feel like it's such a powerful piece. Oh my gosh, it is. Coming from a woman who just wants to give her people just something, a, a better life. Mm-hmm. She doesn't ask anything for herself. And she knows she's at the bottom of the tier because she's yeah. just 
probably the most looked out gypsy in the hall of Paris back then. Yeah. But the way that she just worries about people and that she goes out of their way for these people, it's just inspiring and beautiful. Yeah, I completely agree. Such a good film. So underrated. Um, So are you a Harry Potter fan? Absolutely. I grew up wanting and waiting for my Hogwarts acceptance letter. <laughs> it just got lost. The owl. It's, it was I'm, probably I'm that Errol. 1997 baby. Yeah. Oh, after that yes. battle of Hogwarts, you know, that's that's why. Yeah, it's a, it was it was a rough time back then. It, it they were struggling. They were struggling. So, what Hogwarts house would you be sorted into? I have done multiple quizzes and I've asked multiple friends and I've always come back to the same answer. Uh, I am a proud Gryffindor. I love that. I feel like you and like one other person in my life are the only two Gryffindors. So that's so fun. I'm so excited to have a little, another little Gryffindor around. I, I have like apparently subconsciously surrounded myself with Hufflepuffs. Yep. And I had no idea until I started doing this podcast and everyone, literally, I think you and two other people were not Hufflepuffs in all of season three. And I'm like, oh, okay. Apparently I, I'm My best friend is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> they're the best kind of people. <laughs> they're just all around and they're just so cute and just so warm to be mm-hmm. around. You just want to like suck up their own energy because it's just so really, adorable you really do so would you say that you would agree with the sorting hat or did you kind of feel like you were leaning towards another house before you I was actually Gryffindor? I was actually open to anything I kind of knew it was going to be Gryffindor because mm-hmm. I do have the creativity of a Ravenclaw that's kind of like the second one that I think I would have been a sort of at Mm-hmm. Um, I'm too warm to be a Slytherin, but I'm too antisocial to be, <laughs> to be a, a Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. <laughs> so, uh, it was just a mixture of all things. And, um, I'm really that type of friend in my groups who's like kind of always the alpha or I'm mm-hmm. kind of always the one that's diving into situations head first. Mm-hmm. So I carry around most of the Gryffindor values. I love that. You're you're a you're original go getter. I mean, but that makes sense because you said that you took you know matters into your own hands and started your own company. Like that's a very yeah. Gryffindor quality of you. So, I think that makes sense. All right, shall we begin the lightning round? Putting two minutes on the clock, and let's begin. Um, favorite? No. Harry Potter death that makes you cry. Oh, it's absolutely. Oh my goodness. I've even forgot his name. Ah! Um, actually, Remus Lupin is one of my best deaths, but also Sirius Black is. I oh, love both yes. characters. Least favorite Disney song. Oh, it definitely has to be Shiny from Moana. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> if you got a Disney tattoo, what would it be and why? A sun or a lantern, like Rapunzel. Rapunzel's my favorite Disney princess, so I have a very strong connection to her. Saddest Disney death. Oof. You can't beat Mufasa or Coco. Oh, Coco. Oh, my God. 
The first Disney film you ever remember seeing? The Sleeping Beauty. Do you like Snow White? I absolutely love her, actually. Okay, get it. Um, favorite Harry Potter character? It's definitely a mixture between Hermione Granger and Ron Weasley. Which Disney villain could you be in a committed relationship with? Gaston. Fair. <laughs> Gaston. <laughs> Disney film that makes you cry. Oh my goodness. I'm a crier for each and every one of them, but I think Coco has me just bawling my eyes out. Same. Favorite Disney sidekick? Pascal. Oh, this is a great question for you. If you were Rapunzel, would you have trusted Flynn Rider? I absolutely would have. I would have dragged him out of the tower, even if he said no. <laughs> if you could have any country added to World Showcase, what would it be? Uh, Greece. Oh, facts. Um, favorite Disney love song? I see the light. All right. And last and final question. Favorite Harry Potter couple? Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. I mean, pretty solid. Pretty solid. Eight eight movies, you know. It had to happen. Yes. I feel like Ron and Hermione, a, a lot of people on the internet are hated so it. against them. They hated it. And they they say like, oh my goodness, I just never saw it in the books or in the film. I'm like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. And I, I how? They go through faces, you know, when they're, when they're kids, like when they're little, he teases her and he he's just annoyed by her. And then you have that Azkaban scene where they're, they're having the hippogriff class and she just grabs his arm. Yes. And then we go on to the lavender situation. How did you not see And that's this? also the film where she literally hugs only him and Harry like awkwardly third wheels. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm that into friend. The, into the okay. situation. <laughs> and she's like, I don't care about you. <laughs> like, I only she's want like, Ron to comfort me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I don't get people who are not into it. I don't I, understand. I feel like they have a really solid relationship. Because mm -hmm. I feel like the best thing about their relationship is that it was built on friendship. It didn't just spark out of the blue, kind of like Cho and Harry, where it was like, oh, here we have this I, new character. And we're like, I who hate the that hell relationship. I know. Like, who the hell are you? Where did you pop from? Like, I hate that relationship so much. <laughs> I feel like Harry, oh, I feel like Ginny is a wonderful um, person for Harry, but I always wanted to see Harry with a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I'm sorry, I choked. I agree. I always wanted to see Harry with Luna. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, they would be so good together. I don't understand. He needs, he needs that softer, that yeah. warmer side to just kind of bring him back. Yeah. Do you have a you have a cat? I have two, actually. Yeah, that was my little boy. Um, and my other one is in the other corner. There are two little black spots. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. We have two cats, too, but I don't even know where they're at. I think they're outside. <laughs> um, I just, I couldn't tell if it was like the reflection in the mirror or if it was. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, actually sitting there. Yeah. He That's just so naps sweet. behind me. And it's like the most weirdest thing ever. Cause my Patronus is actually a cat. No way. That's so fun. I, I did not like my Patronus. It was like some sort of, 
I think it was a tiger, which is still a cat, I guess, now that I think about it. But I wanted it to be something cute, like an otter or like oh, that those are adorable. like a dolphin or something. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get a bunny because a lot of lots of people like associate me with bunnies. I don't See, know why. That would be so cute. That would be such a cute Patronus. They associate me with bunnies. Uh, people say I have the personality of um, oh my goodness, Snowball from The Secret Life of Pets. That little white bunny, which is like Stop. the most adorable I thing love. ever. <laughs> But he's just so antisocial and so full of just not no patience towards the world. People associate me with that. So it's like, you're Patronus That is funny. so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I just, I got that. And I was like, really? I would have never, I don't know. I can't even remember the, like, reasons why it said that I was a tiger. But I was like, I would just have never put myself as that. Anyway, that's a tangent. But at least it is a cat. So I guess. True. You know. We're, we're one in the same with that. Um, so have you, during your DCP or even before or after that, have you been to the Universal Parks? Yes. Okay, cool. So I would love to hear about the first times that you went to the Disney Parks and the Universal Parks and kind of your experience with all of that. Like Absolutely. first impression. So my first time at a Disney park, I probably don't remember. I was a year and a half old. My mother is the sole purpose why my obsession with Disney is real. Um, She used to take me every like one or two years. And I I remember having pictures with like all the characters. I, I was always get up and like the cutest little baby Disney bound you could possibly find. Like I have That's pictures so of sitting at Toontown Fair back in the day with like the cutest little mini outfit um so that love for disney was really sparked by my mom and i went to universal because my dad is the superhero slash star wars person so obviously back then star wars wasn't really a thing over at the park so yeah universal was kind of like the second best yeah and Universal for me was kind of like a little adventure park on my own. I wasn't big on roller coasters when I was growing up. So I was that kid who was always splashing around and like the little puddles and mm-hmm. the the water splashers for kids. And I was obsessed with SpongeBob when I was younger. So you would just find me over at their little <laughs> bikini bottom shop and I wouldn't just let go of it for nothing in the world. <laughs> That's so fun. So when was the first time that you went to the parks that you actually truly like remember and were like just your experience with that? Like, absolutely. I was about so my adventures with the parks were kind of the same up until one point. I was about eight through 10 years old, maybe when I was younger, before Rapunzel was even uh, real. Uh, my favorite Disney princess was actually Princess Aurora. And back in the day, finding Aurora at the parks was just a no-go. Nobody really saw her. It was all Cinderella and Belle and yeah. Snow White. And I was really tired of it. I, I always ranted <laughs> on my way out. And there came this one day that back in what they used to call Princess Fairytale Hall, mm-hmm. she was there. And... I remember I squealed in excitement and I jumped throughout the entire line, just hopscotching my way to her and just meeting her changed my life because I was like, oh my goodness, I finally get to see you. Like, I'm obsessed with you. I want to be you. Please take me with you. Mm -hmm. And 
after that, I became kind of that one child, even during my college program, where I wasn't as obsessed with the rides. I'm that type of person that can sit and talk to characters for hours on end. And even though I've been a performer all my life, I realized that they were performers when I was about 10 years old. I was still pretty relatively young, but I never treated them as people in costumes. I mm-hmm. always saw them as the real deal. And mm-hmm. even today, my job is to literally dress up as a princess and I see Rapunzel and I lose my cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just that unexplained, like not unexplained, but unexplainable magic that the parts have like because same like we were waiting who are we waiting in line for I can't remember and my husband was like you realize that this person is probably younger than you oh it was Pooh. we were we were seeing Pooh, and I was like hyped Okay, I was ready to hug. Pooh is life. Yeah, Pooh is love. Pooh is life. Um, so he was like, "You realize this person is probably like years younger than you are. Do you think it's weird that you're like waiting to?" S-? And I'm like, "No, I don't, because I don't think about it that way. Like, it's just the magic just transports you into it's this." Pooh. It is. I'm like, this is Pooh Bear. Like, we're gonna meet him, and it's gonna be great. And we're gonna hang out and he's everything to me and yeah it's just like I feel like people who don't who are not very into the whole like Disney community as an adult thing don't get it they don't they absolutely don't because I feel like they see like the childish part of it Mm -hmm. and what the Disney adult community really sees is the legacy of what these movies and these stories mean to us as adults still because uh in my sense i i have a whopping cast of five girls uh aside from myself who are my performers and all of them came to my company with the same starting sentence i was obsessed with princesses when i was younger and they transformed my life and they are right my role models still to this day Mm -hmm. and i want to encourage kids to follow their dreams like they did with mine like we carry out everything that they taught us even to this day. Yeah. So that's a great segue. I would love to hear like kind of what, what motivated you to do the DCP and that whole experience, because being a character performer is obviously a lot more of an intense onboarding than someone who is, you know, working in the, you know, on Main Street and sales and stuff like that. So I would love to hear kind of what inspired you and then how that whole process was for you. So I, I knew that when I, when I found out about the DCP, I was like, I'm going to be a performer or nothing. I'm going to (laughs) go all in. And I remember I applied on the very first day and I used to have friends that were like, Oh my gosh, I got my acceptance. And my best friend to this day, who is that, that lovely Hufflepuff. Um, she was like, okay, you got to apply with me and we're going to be roommates. And she got her acceptance really fast. Mm -hmm. And here I was traveling from Puerto Rico to Orlando to audition without an acceptance at all. I was probably even going to travel in vain. And I went in and there were 256 people in that room. And I was little number 18. I still remember to this day. And 
I did my whole audition. I was I, I, I felt wonderful about it. They did all the cuts. And literally on the last day of acceptances, I got my acceptance letter. Oh my gosh. To, the, to work at Disney. So I went and my roommate was my best friend. And it was so, so different than what I had been accustomed to. I've been a performer all my life. So I'm used to stages and uh, mm-hmm. training uh, for, for all those performances. But Disney just like throws you in. They're just like, okay, we're going to train you for X amount of days and you're going to be fine. And I was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> you want me to learn what? And just like four or five days? Are you crazy? Um, but that was the thing. And I remember that the first time that I went out as a character, I felt like I was Darth Vader. I felt like I was hyperventilating in there. I wanted to scream and I wanted to die. And I was put into a character that I hadn't trained in. I was friends with Stitch. And they brought me out to the lobby of the Art of Animation. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, why are you so nervous? You've seen this movie like a thousand times. And there came this little kid and this little kid, like he he did like the little like surfer salute to Stitch. And he was like, you look rad, Stitch. And I was like, oh, I'm Stitch. Fun. I'm going to do this. And it just kind of flowed. And for six whopping months, I had wonderful experiences. I, I had terrifying experiences. And to this day, I had probably the most gratifying experiences, literally. I even had to eyeball my eyes out a couple times because I got to see the magic that the characters mm. make firsthand. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know the power that a character has until you witness it yourself. Um, my most beautiful experience to this day ever, including with my own company, I was hanging out with Miss Daisy, which that was my my go-to girl. I am Cute. a 4'11 minion. So they saw me and they were like, yes, a Daisy. So I was <laughs> hanging out with her all the time. And I was the opening cast for Olaf as well. So I got to hang out with That's those cuties. so fun. Oh my yes. gosh. I got to hang out with those cuties, which are pretty rare for performers. And I was hanging out with Miss Daisy over at the entrance of Epcot as soon as you walk in to mm-hmm. the right. And they, they brought up this Make-A-Wish kid. And usually the attendants, they just talk to the character like, hey, you have a Make-A-Wish kid. You know, just uh, pause your, your line while you yeah. just hang out with this kid. She was about six to seven years old, little girl, and she was in a wheelchair. And the attendant had told me, like, hey, this girl cannot stand. Like, she's never stood up in her life. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're her favorite character. But people tell you you're your favorite character. And after, like, two months doing it, you kind of get used to kids yeah. telling you you're their favorite, even though you probably are not. Yeah. So I kneel down to this kid and I'm talking uh, like, you know, I'm interacting with her and I'm pointing out her cute little outfit, which was matching to me. And she just looked at me and she's like, Daisy, I want to get up. Like, I want to stand up. And I already wanted to cry because we have this like six, seven year old telling me this and I know she can't. So I'm like trying to contain myself and I get up ready to pose for the picture. And I just see this little girl put the like put her hands on the chair and fight with all of her might and she literally stood up for the very first time attendant just crying photo passes crying mom is just gone and all she did was literally stand up and she just fell literally like right next to daisy's belly and i just grabbed her 
immediately I lost it. Like I lost it. I'm crying right now. Yeah, I lost it. <laughs> I like, wasn't it, even was, there. it was such an experience to know that, you know, a character was this kid's motivation to do something they had never done in their life. Something yeah. that a doctor said they could never, ever do in their life. And when she did, she just looked at me and she's like, Daisy, I did it. And I was like, oh my God. Like I hugged her and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, yes, you did child. I gave her the best interaction and biggest kiss possible. And then I looked at my attendant and I was like, I'm distressed. Like, I need to take a minute. I need a moment. (laughs) I need a moment or 10 to compose myself. Daisy needs a break. Daisy needs to powder her nose. Daisy needs to go do something. And I just went backstage and just eyeballed with my photo pass and my attendant because it had just been, it was just something like unbelievable. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. I feel like I t- I I feel like I tell people this a lot like um you know, like people I grew up doing theater too and so everybody was like, "Oh, I would love to be like a Disney princess or, you know, I feel like gr- if you grow up in theater and you like Disney, that's like obviously one of the oh, things yeah. that you were like, "I would kill for this job." Um and I always was like, "I would love to do that." But I would be so terrified because you're just in this ginormous game of improv. And like you have to like like that situation. I don't know if I could have like handled myself. Like I listened to you tell the story just now and I was crying. Yeah. So like being in it and like having especially when you're a face character, like having to maintain like your composure Make sure that all of your motivations are very true to the character. Like, that is a lot of pressure. (laughs) It is. It is. And um, as a party princess now, I feel like the biggest um, difference is that, for example, Disney princesses are over at the parks and their interactions are, what, 55 through a minute 30 long. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, you get to say goodbye to that kid and you start a new story. As a party yep. princess, I sometimes spend an hour, two hours at the same party with yeah. the same kids. So I've had kids ask me, you know, Rapunzel, because I'm hanging out with Rapunzel all the time. Rapunzel, what are your royal duties as princess of Corona? And Rapunzel, can you explain, like, why your hair just doesn't glow? Like, really explain why your hair doesn't glow? And all those questions that they never ask at the parks because they mm-hmm. just don't have the time. Yeah. Those are the questions that we are uh we're are forced fielding. to kind of answer. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's cr- it's like it's like awkward questions that kids ask adults just in general times yep. like 10 because <laughs> you're now a Disney princess and I mean like you were saying like just the motivation that I feel like Disney adults have in this community like you were saying like the legacy of these characters like you're not just some random princess like the right like you have all of this like responsibility like you are the Rapunzel you are the little mermaid like you know like not just yeah you have like oh you're in a pretty dress and you say your dad's a king you know absolutely and uh for us here in Puerto Rico we do have many kids who who they they've never visited the parks because their Mm -hmm. parents don't really have the money to take them so we we constantly get the hey, you're her favorite princess, but she's like, she's never gone to the parks and she's never met you. So this is like the first time that right. she's ever going to meet you. So you have like all that pressure and you're like, okay. You're like, I'm great. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> yep. But that's so fun that you, 
like it, I guess it would be so fulfilling that you get to spend your time and you literally make a living bringing joy to people. Yeah. That's that's so special. Um and speaking of which, what what is it about Disney in general, Harry Potter in general, the parks themselves that you think is the reason why so many people from so many different walks of life all have this one collective thing in common? I definitely believe it's the magic. I feel like ma- um, magic is the closest thing to love and love is the closest thing to magic in the world. So when we see these characters and we see these stories, we kind of go through our different walks of life and we evolve with them. Like, for example, when we're little, we're usually inclined to those princess and those um, Toy Story movies in terms mm-hmm. of kids. Because um, you see something that you want to be and they have the pretty dresses that you want. Or in terms of the Toy Story toys, you know, they have the toys that you want and you wish your toys could talk to you. And then you go into your teens and you evolve into different types of stories. Some of them go towards the Hunchback. Some of them go towards Tarzan. And when you finally grow up and you revisit all these stories, you realize that they still walk with you because sure, like for example, in my sense, the first time that I saw Rapunzel, I fell madly in love with her uh, because of who she was as a person. And what I loved most about her was the fact that she went for her dreams. I, I, I've always been really really short and that's the reason why I'm still not a performer at the parks because I can't be friends with face characters at Mm -hmm. the parks so you know getting your dreams crushed over and over and seeing this princess who isn't big at all because Rapunzel's really really short she's just Mm -hmm. a petite little thing um go after those dreams that was the first thing that I I felt in terms of connection with her and when I revisited the story I saw that it was so much more than that. I saw that she was literally a drop of sunlight. She was positive about absolutely everything and adaptable. And she was open to change and giving people second opportunities. And those are qualities that I love as an adult. And mm-hmm. you find you find things that you relate to throughout these characters, throughout these stories. And they make you feel like the main character of your own story. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, I feel like that I feel like that's probably the biggest motivation for a lot of people kind of like us who haven't ever aged out of the community um because we see the best qualities of the world in these characters and qualities that we want to emulate ourselves. Um, I know that that's like a huge motivation for me that I haven't ever aged out of Disney or anything like that because it's just like in a world, especially now in the last like several years, just with everything that has happened, um, these are like the one and only examples, long lasting examples that we have of like the themes in Hunchback. I mean, it ties together perfectly of what we were saying at the beginning of the episode, just like caring for people and putting others before yourself and just qualities that sometimes aren't in the forefront of our day-to-day life. (laughs) Every single character has them. Um, That's why I was so, I, I wasn't surprised 
but I it, I get about a lot. A lot of people ask me, "Why do you like Snow White?" Like it's the first mm-hmm. movie. Lots of people don't understand it. Lots um, of people I'm, like to hate on Snow White. <laughs> yeah, I'm friends with her all the time. Um, I absolutely fell in love with. First of all, how delicate and elegant she is. I feel like she's one of the most elegant princesses out there. Um, but she is this humble and caring person. She she literally goes out of her way to please other people before herself. Mm-hmm. She she doesn't judge people. She literally saw these seven dwarves who probably had the nastiest cottage around. Yeah. She didn't care. Uh, on the contrary, you know, she helped and she made them feel welcome and she brought out the best in them. And she was just 14 in the film. So you see this 14-year-old yeah. child and you're like, I wish every 14-year-old today was <laughs> like that. Like, damn, I see all these kids on TikTok, like, doing these weird things. I'm like, child, no. Yeah, yeah I feel like I would not be as responsible at 14 that Snow White was like Absolutely. cooking and cleaning and making sure that the dwarves had what like they needed like I would I would not have been that way at 14 <laughs> so ending off this episode I would love to hear about a time where you thought to yourself this is the most basic thing I've ever done Oh my goodness. Basically like all of my college program initiations. (laughs) Like when you go into the college program, the first thing that you do is you go to YouTube and you research Disney college program check-in, Disney college program roommate gifts, Disney college program this, and you just go on on a whirlpool of just (laughs) traditions because there's just these immense traditions and I fulfilled each and every one of them. I got to check in and we did the roommate gifts and we did that trip to take the the, the kitchen Sunday and we went to oh, Disney yeah. Springs. And like it was the initiation for absolutely everything, you know, just waltzing into your roommate's rooms and just putting that little gift there. And you just saw like the big pile of gifts across the vanity and oh my goodness, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is so memorable. And it's like, wait, I'm a basic Disney, like DCP child. What is this? Yeah, I am involved in traditions now. I feel like just DCP in general has just become really basic now. In the best way. Basic is never used negatively on this podcast, but it's the DCP has become very basic (laughs) it's 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 kind of like a path of life you know like you gotta go through if you're a Disney fan you gotta go through it and even though you apply six or seven times the eighth is the charm (laughs) it's so true that's so funny well Shirley I would love for you to let the listeners know where they can find you maybe plug some of your social media Absolutely. So I'm always on Instagram. That's kind of like my main game uh, over at happy.blonde.s and on YouTube at Happy Blonde. Those are basically my main platforms and my DMs are absolutely always open. And I love meeting new Disney people. And if they have like that princess obsession, kind of like I do, it's always refreshing to know that I'm not the only one around. I feel that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was so much fun getting to hang out with you. 
Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow the pod and let me know what you thought of today's episode. All of our links are in the show notes and description box down below. And if you're listening to today's episode, please give us a rate and review. And don't forget to include your Instagram handle to be featured as our basic of the week. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and ring the notification bell. I upload new episodes on Wednesday and other videos for more Magic Mondays. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Until then, basics, stay magical.